LSG Media presents Without Limits, a Westworld podcast. I'm your host, Dean. I'm Jessica. On this week's episode, we bring you Season 2, Episode 4, The Riddle of the Sphinx. Anyway, let's dive into uh, to this week's episode and get crack a lack in here. You. And um, let me just say, uh, I would really like to know, Jessica, your in- impressions of this week's episode. I know, um, based on your based on your general attitude, that you are very high on this week's episode. Um, I know you're very excited and you have lots to say. So, why don't you just go ahead and, and right off the top here, talk to me about what was special about this week's episode, if anything. Um, this was. Hands down, my favorite episode of the season. No question. How come? There was never a second while watching this where I was like, this was annoying. Let's get back to this other person. What's going on? I literally just watched the episode and I was like, everything that happened, I was like, this is fantastic. Right. Um, now, I watched this episode. We watched it fit close to live on Sunday. I can't remember. But we watched it on Sunday night, and I had done a lot of day drinking on Sunday. And so I was not in, like, the most sober of states the first time I watched it. Um, I wasn't, like, drunk. I remembered it. But I remember watching it and being like, this episode is fantastic. And do I feel like it's so fantastic because, like, I drank a lot of wine today or because it's actually fantastic? And I watched it again today, and something would happen, and I'd be like, oh, my God, this episode is so good. Like, I feel like it didn't miss the mark anywhere. We focused solely on technically two characters, but three different stories overall. Um, the Man in Black, William, and um, Bernard, and Elsie. And I didn't miss Maeve, who I claim is my favorite character all the time. I certainly didn't miss Dolores. Could have cared less about her. And I just feel like everything we learned about every character mattered. Nothing felt forced. It, it was just, I, I have almost no complaints about this. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think I like this episode for reasons that you didn't even mention in your own, but I'm going to take you back to when we discussed Doctor Who. Oh, I love Doctor Who. Tell me more. On the science fiction film podcast, um, when Annie was kind enough to bounty a couple episodes for us to cover. Back before I knew I was obsessed with Doctor Who. Yeah, the well, days. well, one of the things I liked about it was the, um, the fireplace episode there, Girl in the Fireplace. Mm-hmm. And... I was thinking of that episode when I watched this because what you have here is a veritable sort of time travel. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's fucking so wacky to think about that you have almost a, when it comes to Jim Delos, because Jim is in this situation where, you know, he, um, he, he, he sees William he thinks he just saw William. He doesn't recognize him at first at the end of the episode. This type of stuff is always fascinating to me. People's perception of the way time operates. We've seen this used in Moon. We've seen this used in Interstellar. Any any film or television show that, that delves into uh, not just, I guess what you would say would be literal time travel by going so fast you go back in time, but but this idea that you can time travel by way of having your perception altered in your current state of body, almost in a suspended animation of a veritable time travel or Highlander watches his wife grow old and die while he doesn't. This stuff is fascinating um, and, and kind of terrifying at the same time too. And 
you get that feeling when watching this episode a lot, especially when it comes to the Delo stuff. And I thought the Jim Delo stuff was fascinating. I had no idea I was going to be so into that. And it was so cool. Plenty to talk about. Yeah. I'm pumped. Let's dive in. Ready? I'm ready. Okay. Talk to me about the opening. This episode opens and I think of Lost. Yes. Which I know uh, Damaris tweeted about and a lot of people talked about it on our Facebook page. Yep. I also immediately had the same reaction. Um, and this is not a Lost spoilery thing because if I say it and if you never watch and you have never watched Lost, you're going to have no clue what I'm talking about. Um, and at this point, like Lost is old. Like if you haven't watched it, that's on you. This was reminded me so much of like Desmond and the Hatch um, and how it's like out of place and there's something a little off in what's going on. Um, something a little weird. We're, we're timing. Doesn't seem quite right. We have the older music with kind of more high tech stuff in this weird white room. It's, it, it was immediately, I'm like, I'm interested. Where are we? What is the situation? Um, and then we get Jim Delos, the record player. He's looking at fish. He's masturbating. He's doing whatever. He drinks his coffee. And then we get the point where he does the coffee mispour, which matters. Absolutely. Because we're going to watch this repeat and we're going to watch as he makes progress every time it repeats. In this first scene, he's pouring his coffee and he pours the cream on the side of the coffee and almost doesn't, he doesn't realize it. Yeah, there are two cues. The cue is when he has the tremors and he spills the coffee or the, or the cream at rather. And then immediately he has a guest. Because that's the that's where they realize that's that's their cue to come in, kind of. Like when he was pouring the coffee, that's the cue for William to come in. Yep, every time it seemed to be to me. I don't know if that was like, t- right. entirely true, but it seemed as much. And, and once William comes in, it it, it just that continues. It, it it starts in the coffee. I feel like it changes yep, 100%. every time. So um, you have a visitor. About time, this guy says. He's got the crazy accent. William, my boy. Yep, he's, it's good to see you again. William says. Apparently, it's been some time. Mm-hmm. We see that immediately. Um, William brings the gift of booze. And uh, and Jim says, if you aim to cheat the devil, you, you owe him an offering. So a couple of recurring well, themes. Well, it starts with, William says, it's a little early for me. And Jim says, it's late for him. Mm-hmm. Which is another recurring theme. And by the way, someone in the chat, tell me the name of um, the, the whiskey or the bourbon that Desmond and um, Penny's dad drink and lost. Because that's what I kept thinking of every time this happened. And I can't remember the name of it now. It's going to make me crazy. Thank mm. you. Did you catch what it was in this? No. Okay. And, that's, and, and it, it's, I'm sure it's not the same thing, but like to me, again, this was the most losty reference to loss this show has ever done. To cut to this point here, what James is asking for is when can he get out of here? He, uh, both characters know something that the audience doesn't at this point. And this is what's good about this scene. Jim Delos knows something about his current state of being. And William knows something that we don't know. And William knows something that Delos doesn't know. Correct. Because my impression of this opening scene is that Jim is under the impression that he is ill. And they're trying to do this thing so essentially he can live forever. Like he's dying of a disease. This is, they, this is in my opinion, breaking the doors of Westworld open into a much more, uh, a, a, another layer of interest to me. And that is this idea of Immortality, this idea that consciousness can be mapped and turned into bits of information and put on a computer. And if you can extract it, can you then reintegrate it into some sort of biological tissue? Um, 
that's just a fancy way of saying, holy fuck, imagine if you could transfer your consciousness to another body. I mean, this is big in science fiction right now. Right. And it was cool to see. And, and this is interesting because at this point, Jim does not think he has already been transferred, but Correct. he has been. He's, he's, his assumption, as the scene unfolds, his assumption is, oh, I'm going to find out about the progress of what's going on because I'm ill. Correct. What but he, he's actually. But he actually is. He already is dead. I assume at this point. He is dead as far as his born body, his fleshy born body is gone mm-hmm. for and a long time. will never die. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if, he's good with the, if he's good with the Lord. <laughs> Apparently. Something like this. Well, soon, but an interview first, William tells him. It's about capturing mood, frame of mind, a sense of humor, William tells him. And James says, look, I'm dying. I'm fucking dying. The hand's shaking. His sense of humor's intact, but his patience, not so much. Um, this guy was in the film uh, Session 9. Oh, really? Yes. I watched that with you. Yep. It takes yeah. place in the Danvers Mental Institution. It's about an asbestos removal crew. He's one of the men on the crew. Isn't What's-His-Face another guy who was also in The Conjuring? I don't know if he is. And he was all... It doesn't matter. But, know, but Session matter. 9, if you haven't seen it... It takes place in Danvers, which was this old mental institution in Danvers, Mass., which is massive and it's abandoned. People go there all the time like creeps. Yep. I, people I've people about skulk around in there, and there's a ton of asbestos in there. And I guess that they had a crew. I don't. I, I think it's. I don't. I don't think it's yeah, still abandoned. It's I don't, based on a true story. Like there was a be- asbestos there once. It's not legit. A true story. No, I get that. Um, and they and they call it session nine because they find these session tapes of of psychologists talking to disturbed people, and it's really creepy and. They start to get affected. It's basically like Event Horizon, except in a mental institution. (laughs) Like we could drive to tomorrow if we felt like it. Yeah. Anyway, um, I just thought of that while looking at his face here close up. But his sense of humor is intact. Patience, not so much, of course. So William conducts the interview, asks him things. How are you? James answers. um, He's getting annoyed, right? This is is an office park I'm in. Do you know where you are? Yeah, it's probably some office park I'm paying for. Carlsbad, California, he says. Right. How long have you been here? Far too long already. This is the gist of the conversation. I'm not going to give you word for word here. Um, James asks the point of the questions to which William says to establish a baseline for fidelity, essentially. And to this, Jim is like, oh, so what are you trying to tell me? We're the same conversation over and over again. That seems far-fetched. And William slides over the transcript. Right. At this point, the audience, as well as Delos, just thinks this is a letter. We don't know what this is. Correct. But everybody watching it goes, holy fucking shit, that's a transcript of this conversation, probably. We'll see it. I know, and I'm saying it's a transcript because I've already watched the whole episode. Sure. But. So, what did you think of that setup, that opening scene? I think you, it's pretty fantastic. Absolutely. As soon as, the, as soon as the paper slides across the table, you think, this guy is a fucking, this is the sleeper agent Cylon reveal. Right. He, he doesn't know he's a machine. He's learning he's a machine. Not just he doesn't know he's a machine, but he was once a human, and now he's not. He's dead, and he's been moved into a biological machine. That is so fucking awesome. Isn't that like the uh, premise of that show that Joel Kinnaman's in that we watched one episode of? Altered Carbon? Yes, yes. Isn't that the premise? Like they put the conscience into a different body? It is. Yeah, again, okay. that's, that's, that's hot. It's very too. hot, yeah. It is. The, the sh- sh- sliding consciousnesses around uh, to different bodies. Um, 
And uh, so we move over to our boy, the man in black. Okay, William part two. Mm. My favorite character from the show now, I think, is William in both of his incarnations. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. So they come upon a railway construction camp is the best way I can describe it. Um, we see uh, what I'm assuming are Chinese immigrants, at least not in Westworld because they're not real, but historically speaking. Yes. And they're banging in railroad spikes, uh, getting the railroad laid. And we see people being buried under these railways. These (gasps) must be people from the party. I don't know. I don't know if they're people from the party. I don't know if this is part of a narrative. This to me is like just such dark and uncomfortable fucking shit. Putting them under the railways, yeah. Like they are not like... I mean, and there were so many people. Right. Tons. Like 10 right there. Oh, just in a row. <laughs> so I couldn't even begin to venture a guess what this means, but I don't think they're going to be unseen. I mean, we're going to see them even when they, you know, the railroads are open. It's, it's an exposed piece of, it's an exposed piece of construction. I, I feel like they're bearing them in as part of building the railroad. Mm. Yeah, I guess. It's really, really weird. They're all going to get run over, although they're all dead already, so it doesn't matter. And they're literally putting pikes through their heads. So, oh my God. The Man in Black notes, these tracks are supposed to head north, not west. Seems like Ford's game has multiple contenders, plus it detours through Los Muedas, whatever he says. What is it? M-U-A-D-S? I don't know. I didn't write down the name. Yeah. Anyway, Lawrence has a family there. Looks like Ford is arranging a reunion, yep, we're told. I like that. Like, mm-hmm. There's a reason for all of this. Ford had a plan, and this must be a part of it. Again, you know, where we left off with the man in black was just knowing this guy is essentially participating in this narrative with no more rules. Mm-hmm. And the stakes are where he's always kind of wanted them to be, and now he's experiencing that. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Bernard gets dropped off at a cave by Clementine. Zombie Clementine. And this starts what I think is a really cool through line. I like this. I like that it connects to Delos later. I thought that was awesome. Me too. This episode was a complete episode. So good. And Westworld normally is unable to do this because of so many different plot lines. And this episode was everything that was in this episode connected back to one thing, which was Jim Delos in that room. And that is what made this episode, even though I, I get that the man in black was on his own separate journey, but he's still William and we still see him go talk to Delos about Delos's family, who includes his daughter, who's going to be reunited with at the end. Like this right. episode was a complete, it was perfect. It was uh, so good. Brian Campbell in the chat is asking, I'm wondering, he's not asking, he's wondering if William was waiting for Delos to have the predictive conversation. If he's waiting for him to have it. Mm. To not to not have. Yeah. Excuse me. I misread that. I, I think that that's the point is me they too, want yeah. to him to go off his narrative. Yep. As it were. Right. Say. So we find Elsie. She's clearly not interested in seeing Bernard. Yeah. Can you imagine why? Guys, Elsie's back. Elsie's great this week. I thought she was awesome. She She's not feeling Bernard. You can imagine why. He frees her. She immediately takes the rifle you choked me out. You left me here with protein bars and a bucket, basically, she said. Which makes sense. He slapped her. He slapped her. A he rear choked naked, her the fuck out. Slapped her a naked choke on her. It's a, It's no wonder she's pissed off. And and completely believable, she's alive. Yeah, so she's alive. We know there was a lot of talk of this last season. Um, is Elsie alive? Is Elsie not alive? We know that LSK really, like, you know, 
staked his claim on this and cared He's been a lot. slow rolling that boner for like months. Um, Daniel Falch says he's mad that he doesn't get credit for loving Elsie. So he loves Elsie too. I feel bad because in my notes, <laughs> I literally wrote, <laughs> my notes, no joke, Clem dragging Bernard. She takes off, leaves him with a gun. He goes into a cave. Hello, Elsie. LSK is pumped. It literally says that in my notes. All right. Well, I'll be, I'll champion Danny Falch's feelings too, because okay. I'm a fan of Elsie as well. I, oh, I, did, I hated Elsie last season, but now I hate Charlotte Hale, so I've moved on. See? I so Elsie's you. cool with me. Yep. Just a matter of time before she's a Hale fan. Mark it's, my words. No. <laughs> no. You said the same thing about Elsie. Yeah. Go back and but listen some to the people, tape, motherfuckers. There are some people I will always hate, and there are, are two of them. Nope. Charlotte Hale and Billy from Stranger Things. That's his name, nope. right? I don't care about his name. No, nope. you're so wrong on both of those. But no, wait. Yeah, I hate those people. All right. We'll see. Anyway. Elsie's like a Steve Harrington type, you know? She grows on you. Next thing you know, you're buying t-shirts with a picture on them. Um, moving on. Okay. It wasn't me, Ford forced me, says Bernard. You knew too much. You couldn't... By the way, hey, Jeffrey Wright, do me a favor, buddy. Get on the mic. I would tell him if he was in studio, I would be like, hey, get on the mic, pal. This is Jeffrey Wright the whole time I'm watching this show. And I love him, by the way. Me too. He's my fucking profile picture. I know. Bernard. is This is him. It wasn't me. Ford forced me. You knew too much. You couldn't risk you stopping him. Ford wrote a game of all in it. What? Speak the fuck up, son. Even with subtitles, I can't look away. That makes sense because you're trying to yeah, read, you it. read it. But do you know what I mean? I, I'm, I, like, I look up and I'm like, oh, let me catch what he's saying. Between hearing it and reading it, I'll, I'll know what's going on as I take notes. And but the answer I was no. Can't hear what he's saying. Yeah, he talked real quiet. He's real whispery. Quiet talkers are hard for me because I am slightly deaf due to how loud I am, I think. Yeah, I actually am kind of a quiet talker, but he's like a whisperer. He's and like, I might not think so when I'm sitting here behind this microphone because I can be really obnoxious sometimes. But when I'm in public, I'm not like a, a loud person. Like me. Correct. I'm oh. a loud person in public. Yeah. For sure. I don't think anybody thought differently. <laughs> So anyway, he says the following. It wasn't me. Ford forced me. You knew too much. He couldn't risk you stopping him. Ford wrote a game and we are all in it. The hosts are all free. No constraints. No safeguards. Um, Scott TX says, to leave Bernard alone, he has extensive cortical damage. And I agree. <laughs> I think we're being really unfair to Bernard in his situation. I'm, okay. First of all, you know what? This is the deal. Okay. Here's what I'm going to tell you guys right now. Go. Listen to me. You guys all need to relax. I'm just criticizing his voice. I don't need everybody to think I'm assassinating his character, you bunch of sensitive pussies. Okay? Everybody relax, because I like Bernard. Okay? It's his profile picture. Sometimes people are like, wow, you're married to that guy from Westworld. And I say, sure am. <laughs> all right. I'm just fucking with you guys. So anyway, <laughs> no constraints, no safeguards. Bernard starts to lose his shit a little. He starts to fall. He's convulsing. He, he offers Elsie the tablet. He's saying it. And then he says, he manages to say the words cognitive lock. Mm -hmm. Well, she opens a tablet and she gets the... Surprise of her life. Surprise of her life. The man she's been working with who she thought rotated out is fucking a host. I, I not, love... Not fucking a host, but is a fucking host. Yeah, he is a fucking host who fucked a human who didn't know he was a host at one point. That's a good point. Um, I wrote down what she said because I loved it. She's like, but you... Rotated out. Where did you go? And you rotated out. You have a family, an ex-wife. Mm. You have a 
backstory. <laughs> and I love her realization. She's like, I don't understand. You rotate out. You have a family. You have an ex-wife. You have all these things. And she's like, fuck, you have a backstory. Like awesome. she realizes it. It's fantastic. Yep. Great dialogue. Bernard says, uh, shutting down. <laughs> Elsie starts to help him out. And Bernard goes out. And, and we get these flashes. And it appears that they've made a very conscious decision because they know how the first season went and it was deliberate the way they wanted to slowly unravel the plot is they don't want to confuse you with Bernard's memories. So they have this very distinct way they go about filming this and it's just this mm -hmm. and it, and it shakes and he, and he goes back and you know, he's remembering something. So you don't get confused. Like, did he just travel in time? Is he, there's none of that shit. You know, he's just remembering something. It's easy to follow. Right. And what does he see? He sees the, I believe, what they call drone hosts. I wrote creepy bots because I forgot. Creepy bots is bad, called. actually. I think I'm going to switch to creepy bots. <laughs> Buzz world beeps. We're creepy not bots. real. Um, uh, well, sadly, I'm not. I'm. I'm I would like to say creepy bots, but I'm going to follow my notes here because I right, well, won't whatever. be smart enough to my change. Notes. I probably call them something else. Literally two seconds later, in my notes. So we're drone fine. hosts. We see them dropping these weird eyeballs all over the floor. We see what looks like red cupcake things. <laughs> that's all. I, that's the best way I could describe red them. Cupcake things, eh? Yeah. The upside down. Yeah, exactly. Scott says in the chest. So anyway, and then Bernard wakes up with his hands bound. Yeah. Is this now? Elsie has the rifle on him. Elsie notes his cortical damage. Like but I, his you question. shot yourself. Is this now? Yes. It's so, like, I don't know. He does, she doesn't even, it goes right over her head. No, but not mine. Well, I know. You, you're on the fucking ball, this one. Sure am, always. Oh. I haven't even been on Reddit one time. Wow. Unfucking believable <laughs> What a treat LSG has. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, you'll not last. You're not last long without the cortical fluid. With any luck, you'll survive until they call in the cavalry. She ups and leaves. I do want to say too that um, this Elsie's explanation of what's going on with him, and that's because he shot himself. I really appreciate because I know at the beginning of the season, or when Bernard did shoot himself, we're all like, "I thought when they sh they die that way, they're really legit dead. Like it messes up with their damage." Uh-huh. Go on. So I appreciated her explanation. Me too. That now we all have an explanation. No one can complain and be like, well, he shot himself. How's he alive? <laughs> well, Elsie just told you. And if you were like Daniel and LSK, you love Elsie and her word matters to you. Look at Daniel getting a lot getting credit now for his love. Yeah, Daniel and LSK are the same about Elsie love now. Wow. Okay. Just like that. Just like that. I'm I'm fickle. I will change like that. I don't even care. Yep. Hence uh your Charlotte Hale, your Charlotte Hale love coming in the near future. Charlotte Hale is the worst. So nobody's coming for us, are they? That's what Bernard says. He says the cavalry is not coming. There is something here, something they have been working on for a long time. Delos won't call in the rescue until they're ensured it's safe. I won't last without cortical fluid. <laughs> Damn. Elsie says, "Well, if I wanted to, even if I wanted to, I don't have the tools. We're in sector 22. There's nothing out here for miles. And Bernard has another flash. So through these flashes, we're going to see what actually some stuff that Bernard is going to have revealed to him that he's participated in. Yeah. He's remembering shit like a real boy. <laughs> With real dreams. <laughs> Can I go to school, Geppetto? No. 
I'm sorry. JPLU5 in the chat. I loved Elsie in this episode and those pants. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed in all black, my kind of girl. Um, Flash, he sees himself he sees himself walking into the cave that they are standing next to. There is a facility here. He walks back into the cave. I think Ford and Clementine brought me here for a reason. Ford and Clementine. I think he says, I think Ford had Clementine you're bring right. him here for a reason. You're, you're right. It's a mistype. You know what's funny about this? Clementine, is she like this weird, creepy zombie angel lady that's just running around doing Ford's subroutines? They're essentially <laughs> like... We really like this actress in the way that she looks when she's fucking creepy, but we have nothing to do with her this season. So I guess she'll just do Ford's bidding and bring Bernard places. Not a lot of whorehouses in the middle of the desert. (laughs) (laughs) She can be just like that random witch out in the fucking wilderness. Oh my God, so funny. Well, Bernard approaches a rocky wall. He starts to look around. He sees himself again. He watches himself move over to this false rock. And behind it, of course, is a lever. A lever? A less secret lever of sorts. Is it a lever also or no, just a lever? No, it's a lever. Okay, I'm just checking. It's a lever. Uh, where does that go, Bernard? Elsie asks. He's like, oh, I don't know. Let's just press the button. I think it goes to a secret whorehouse that Clementine runs. That's why she's out here. <laughs> Duh. What? I can't hear you. <laughs> I was trying to say that. I can't speak up, Bernard. I hear nothing that you say. I understand Clementine's struggle because quiet talkers... Clementine struggle? She's I mean, a, she's sorry. a no talker. She's got zero words. She's got a real struggle. I bet you better learn struggle. sign language. And Clementine struggle. She's a zombie. It's she hard. Learn some fucking hand signals. That one. So hard to be a zombie. Bernard approaches Rocky Wall. He gets in, and they get to this lab, right? Yeah. And guess what? There's a lot of dead people there. Awesome. Elsie notes what's called a, and I emboldened this in my notes, a control unit printer. Oh. I don't know what she's talking about Why that. did you write it in bold? Because I thought it mattered because yeah. Bernard takes a control panel, a little control module at the end. Yeah, he sure does. But uh, he looks at an instrument panel and he flashes again. He sees a couple of drones walking around in this vision. The techs are all alive again. Isn't that lovely? Oh, welcome back, guys. And when he returns from his memory, Elsie has her rifle on a drone. Awesome. That's creepy shit. Like, you go out, you you come to and there's something standing there that you're not sure about. He says, don't threaten it, but it walks forward and she pops three rifle rounds into it and down it goes. Oh my God, this just made me think of something in Doctor Who, but I'm not going to go into it. That's good. This is not a Doctor Who podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just these like creepy guys and like you you can't remember them when you look away from them. Yeah, when you and Annie start your Doctor Who podcast. Oh my God, I hope that happens one day. You guys can fucking... It's literally my dream. So email her. Make it happen. What do you Annie, want me to tell you? Call me sometime. Make shit happen. <laughs> Send emails, people. Anyway, um, what the hell are they doing here? I think they were watching the guests. Bernard starts to erode again. He needs his cortical fluids, right? Yeah. Bernard, did you have something to do with this project? I don't know. I didn't think so. Um, is Ford in control of you now? Which is a wonderful question for her to ask because she's yeah. like, what the fuck's going on? Oh, shit, right? Ford is dead. Yeah, she another, didn't know this. another big reveal for our girl. Elsie's going to learn so many things tonight, honestly. She she's getting like three levels. And she's wearing great pants, so apparently, it's a good night for her. Apparently, she's wearing great pants. I think her hair got better, too. Like, <laughs> honestly, she's on point. So, if you've learned anything this week, gentlemen, it's to strangle your women once in a while. They'll get great pants and great hair. And they'll learn lots of new things. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little, a little light choking. 
Never heard anyone did it. You don't want to kill her. You just want to knock her out and leave her somewhere with a bunch of protein bars. <laughs> Fend for yourself, the note said. <laughs> Here's a bucket in case you need to use the restroom. Uh, fucking dark. I love it. Well, <clears throat> Bernard uh, says that Ford's dead. Fuck me, she retorts. Uh, Elsie helps Bernard with the cortical fluid. She's doing some first aid on him. And uh, Bernard blacks out again. Yeah. Yes. Where do we go now? We go to see who I will now refer to as Emily, because that's her actual name. Yeah. Well, for some reason, and I did this last week, every time I wanted to write Emily, I wrote Grace instead for no good reason. Because Grace was the fake name they gave her. Oh, is that on why? IMDb. Yes, that's why. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so dumb. So last week, they gave her the name Grace on IMDb. Um, somebody looked it up in the chat and told us that. And I'm like, ah, fuck that. Sorry. Um, so anyways, her name's actually fucking Emily, so let's just call her that. Her name's probably Emily Grace... Um, fucking whatever William's last name is, which I don't remember. Because it doesn't matter. His name is Man in Black or William. Anyway, she's with Ghost Nation and Stubbs. Ghost Nation, what? The Hemsworth no one cares about. We learned that they are being, no, we've found well, we a place. we care about him. Yeah, we found a place for him. No one else. Except no this one podcast. Else. Except so you should come podcast. on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. We love you, Hemsworth brother. Hemsworth, brother, we love you deeply and truly. We saw the Avengers and we were like, who's this fucking Thor? He means nothing to us. We said that. We did. Those were our words. We, we wore shirts that said, hashtag the other Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do that. That's what you think. <laughs> well, the first of us, he will decide. And, and they say that they're killing hosts and not humans specifically. And Stubbs wants to help her get out. I don't think he says that then. But the no, first of us, no, he doesn't. Yeah, he's a ser, a ser. No, you're ahead. No, you're ahead. No, we learn that they're being transported to a place where the first of us, he will decide. That's what they tell him while they're in transport. Then a ceremony begins, and the uh, the ghost nation, the head ghost nation guy says, "Release yourselves of this burden." And then he goes, "Hi, hey, hi," hey! like that. You are so far ahead of me right now; it's not even funny. Did I jump way ahead? You sure did. Oh, I moved my notepad. Okay. I'm a dumb person. I'm like, holy shit. All right, all right. I'm sorry. I, I take it all back. I fucked up. Here's where we are. Um, they are prisoners at a camp. Emily's taken and uh, sat near Stubbs. One of the Lakota are talking to Stubbs. Emily translate. Time is coming or something is coming. And then like, Stubbs says, time here. Yeah, you know the language? You want a date? <laughs> Nothing gets me harder than Lakota. He says, I'm human. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like that other guy you boned. How about we go there and bang by the tiger corpses? He doesn't even talk like that, though. He does now. <laughs> that Stubbs' sexy voice. <laughs> well, a lot of people tend to ignore their narratives. They don't like other people much. And she says, I've been watching them close since they ambushed me. No, he says this. Uh, they are keeping the humans close, but they aren't killing anyone, just the hosts, yep, right? Which That's is what interesting. You're saying. Yep. Mm -hmm. I am not sticking around to test that theory, Emily offers. Can you blame her? Yeah, and Stubbs says he'll help her get out. And she's like, bitch... Bitch, My dad please. is a man in black. I don't need your help. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening, man. No way. Um, but they aren't uh, They aren't killing anyone. So safer to wait for first responders. There's a protocol to get you out of here. Stubbs, buy the book. Military man. Protocol. Nah, this is how it's going to work, see? Boring. Thanks, but I'm not looking for a way. Uh, but, I'm, but I am not looking for a way to get out of here, she reveals. Yeah, she's got shit to do. What's up with that? She's got to find daddy. She does. So, speaking of, <laughs> like how dad. They, yeah, like how they're tying these together. Uh, no, the cuts are good. The cuts are good. The cuts are really good in this episode, especially like, I don't know, they're all, 
the 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 ones with um, William and uh, the Man in Black and and Emily are, are they, they were spot on. They did some real good work in this episode. The uh, the editing the editing room was had many boners in it. I'm sure when they <laughs> were cutting this together. Did all of us watching? <laughs> they get to Los Mudas, I believe is oh, how it's said. Uh, you don't seem too happy to be home, Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence laments that he's a son of a bitch. Uh, you know, kind of. He kind of talks about it almost like a cosmic accident that he has this wife and this family. He he thinks Lawrence thinks the kindest thing he ever did to his family was to stay away from them. Oh, that's sad. And is this not speaking to William's heart and psyche? Sure. The wife who killed herself and the daughter said we were always afraid of you. (laughs) I mean, weird. Right on the nose here. It's almost like for you, sir. It's almost like Ford saying, giving him a little uh, go fuck yourself. A little Little, letting you know. A little GFY from beyond the grave. This is for you, bud. From our boy Ford. Love that angel. Mm, He is an angel. His face is, his head's been blown off, but that's cool. Anyway, the. Barkeep pours some whiskey for the man in black. He trembles. Everybody goes, is this related to Delos? It's not. Because <laughs> I said it too, just like everyone else. Uh, the man in black wonders why. He looks around at Major Craddock. Oh, is, is that is that his name? Yeah. I called him the general this whole thing because I forgot his name. He's not the general. He he's the major. Just, he was a major. He's a good character. I'm sorry, he's dead. He's a great character. Um, he puts a coach gun on uh, on the neck of the man in black. The man in black kind of gets distracted for a moment, and then he realizes, oh, shit, I've been closed in on by these uh, creepy, crawling Major Ma- Major Craddock's men here, and uh, they get captured. And uh, the Major is pissed about this bitch named Wyatt. Sure enough is. I'm sure that the man in black knows who that is. I'm sure enough he does. We need food, whiskey, and uh, ammunition. Do your people have a village elder who can speak for you and make some kind of deal? So they move to the church, right? Oh, yeah. This shit is. <laughs> man gets, uh, man steps forward. He looks like a kind man who speaks for the people. So kind. He's got a lot of dialogue and he gets murdered. He has a lot of dialogue. Is that what you're That's what you're thinking, right? You're like, oh, this guy. You're like, oh, this is village elder. He's going to have a cool voice. He's going to be like, I speak for the people. His speech, the monologue he will give. It was going to be like Robert I'm Rodriguez shit. I'm getting ready to just type it all in. And then no, he no, fucking no, gets blasted. No. Yeah. Well, sorry Maybe for now. I ain't interested in making fucking deals. We know you motherfuckers are rebels. So you're going to tell me where the fuck you keep your weapons or you're going to die. He's got uh, a lot of F words in there. Lawrence notes the second uh, they offer the info, they're dead. And he's concerned that he's going to get gunned down in front of his wife. He starts and his to. Daughter. Uh, yeah, he's hoping the man in black doesn't get him killed, basically, is, is what he's saying. The man in black's been known to be a little bit reckless. Right. And they have a conversation <laughs> that is obviously on the nose and important where he says, You told me you had a daughter. To which the man in black responds, Did I? Mm. Lawrence is like, Yeah, you, I think you did at some point. Like, would you want her to watch? Would she want to watch you die? And the man in black says, Probably. Lord's like, well, whatever. I'm not going to fucking die, bro. <laughs> right. Um, what do you think of him not remembering the fact that he mentioned her to him? I think that's important. Me too. It either, it, it means one of two things. He that forgot. Ford programmed him to know that the man in black had a daughter. Uh-huh. Okay. Or that the man in black had developed a legitimate friendship with Lawrence where he out. let his personal life slip to him. Yep. I don't <laughs> know which one I like better. They're both good, but I like the second one better. I, I agree. I think that they're both good and they're both reasonable. That that could have been the situation. Because the way he said, did I? 
It's he really is questioning if he ever said it. I, I like the idea that he has developed a legitimate friendship with Lawrence because I felt that way from the first time they interact. Sure. Um, in, in season one, I like Lawrence a lot. Me Someone too. in the chat said that too. They were like, "Oh, Lawrence is is great." I think it was JPLU five. Yeah, Lawrence is awesome. I agree. He's a good character. He's fun to watch. Yep. Well, he tells Man in Black that they uh, that they're in an unmarked grave. We'll wait until they are drunk. Make a run for it. Sound like a plan? You got it. Man in Black makes a deal immediately. <laughs> I don't want to do. <laughs> but he thinks his plan is better. Obviously. Mm-hmm. The weapons are in an unmarked grave behind the church. I also know something you don't. I know where you're going. You've been telling your men you know you don't. Just someplace you think that your dreams are coming true. You call it glory, but it's got a lot of names and I know the way. Fucking Man in Black rules. I think I've changed my mind and I think he is my favorite character. <laughs> well, Craddock orders his man to go check the graveyard. Yes. So we're about to see if the man in black is going to get himself shot full of holes. I'm guessing not. I mean, he could, but we know how the episode ends, and uh, it's not it. Let's change. Let's change pace. Let's change gears and go to this uh, James Delos mind fuck. Yeah. So, rocks music. He dances. Do the strand. Uh, he looks in the mirror. Pours some cream. His hand shakes a little, but he doesn't spill it. He doesn't spill it. So progress, motherfuckers. The same woman says you have a visitor. And William arrives. About, about time, he says. The conversation goes similarly to last time. It repeats almost word for word. William, word for word. William looks a little older. And his face, though, his reaction, like where he's trying to play it cool, you can almost see like... He's dead inside? No. He looks dead inside to me. He looks like almost like, eh, fuck, it didn't work this time. But he's trying not to show that in hopes that maybe something will be different. I'm sorry, if anyone... <laughs> I love Jimmy Simpson. And not just because he's not always sunny in Philadelphia, but like, yeah, that's like the main reason I started loving him. I've loved him in everything I've ever seen him in, though, probably based on the Always Sunny thing. But if you ever watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia and you're like, you know what? One day, one of those McPoyles, he's going to be on an HBO show and he's going to be fucking fantastic. And we're going to talk about what a great actor he is. Like, I would have laughed. And Mm. here we are. Well, there you go. Love this guy. Game to teach the devil yeoman offering, right? Time transition on a fade out. This was really slick. I like how they fade out the scene. And then the conversation continues, mm-hmm. which means we're seeing it done again. Yes. We're, we're, we cut cool. to the fidelity part again. Right. And this so, time we see what Jim is reading, which is the conversation. Correct. But, but what I'm saying is in this particular sequence, we're not seeing one meeting here. And that's what I thought was so slick about that, that scene transition on the fade out. I thought it was so clever. Yes. Conversation continues, likely in another iteration I wrote. John James opens the letter. It's a transcript of the exact conversation. He doesn't uh, react too well to this, does he? He asks how long. William says it's been seven years. Um, Jim says, I'm not in California anymore, am I? And William says, if you can't tell, does Mm. it matter? And here I thought you were just pissing away my money. A take I didn't fucking recover. I or love something your, like this. I love your Dilo's voice. Uh, I can't. Can you just talk like that around the house? Uh, yeah, I do normally. Walk around oh. in my kilt. Not, not when I'm here. Well, that's when the, the horse comes in. <laughs> that's for the other women. <laughs> How long has it been? Seven years, right? Yep. He's not in California anymore, is he? Yeah. Yeah. I know you did. <laughs> but you talk quietly like Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Good joke. <laughs> I told a lie. You sure did. Just told a lie. You sure did. (laughs) Well, 
So let's uh, let me let me let's so let's get me the fuck out of here. James says, "I'm ready to sail my boat, smoke my cigars, fuck my wife." Uh, William takes a beat here, and then he just tells him, uh, "Your wife's dead, dude." Yeah, stroke. Mm, sorry. And uh, your granddaughter's whip smart though and capable. How good is um, is Delos here? Uh fucking fantastic. Yeah, you feel for him. This is rough. Oh my god. Especially because the way William's giving the information, he's probably told him this before. Yeah, Peter Mullen is this guy's name. He, if you're wondering, so good. Yep. Um, yep. But Julia as well. Emily is smart and capable. You know, Jim's still got family. He's got something to you know live for. Kind Correct. Of. <laughs> right. There you go. That's right. Yeah. He's giving him this thing. He's saying like, "Your wife's dead." Like I'm being honest with you. But Julia as well. Emily is smart and capable. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something else. William notes the nervous tick and kind of you kind of see it affect him again. The shaking leg, hand on the knee. This is a, this is a recurring, uh, a recurring reverie. I don't know if that's what it is yet. But no, but it's. I assume my house is ready for me. I'm afraid it is not that simple, Jim. We have to keep you here a little bit longer for observation. James, of course, doesn't respond well to this, and he starts to struggle with words. Yep, that's what I wrote too. Well, William tells him he'll come back tomorrow. James finally agrees. And then William exits. And this time we get to see the lab. We mm-hmm. learn that he's made it to day seven. That's progress. Correct. Would you like to terminate, sir? Go ahead. And they burned down the room. One shit meant it. Mm-hmm. There were people on the Facebook group, I feel like. And I, I don't remember who. I don't remember the details. But who talked about, like, why do they burn the room down? I don't know who asked the question and someone had responded. Maybe it's because they have to start from scratch. So there's nothing to like tip off his memory, which I think is a great um, explanation of why they do it this way every time. Um, Obviously, there's a specific reason because Elsie also understands the terminate jargon at the end of the episode. Like, oh yeah, we have to terminate. Mm -hmm. Which means they just roll in because, because in each iteration, the decorations are the same. Exactly. But are they afraid there's going to be one little thing that will tip him off if it continues once he gets all fucked up? So he's terminate and start from the beginning. Yeah. Every time. You, you, yeah. You don't know. What if What if he accidentally scratches the table? Right. And, right. And what, some, if he, what if he accidentally scratches a piece of the drywall while reaching for something and then that, that fucks up his mind? Which we're going to see happen at the end right. of the episode. Um, Go ahead. So, so yes, whoever, um, and Daniel Felch says, yeah, no clues left. And I don't remember the exact conversation on Facebook. Who's involved? I'm sorry. I failed at the Facebook group today. But I know people talked about it, and I give them credit. Sorry, I can't say our names. Okay, that's fine. So, um, James uh, freezes, and the fire begins to spread through the room. At least they're merciful. It's not like they let him experience the death of fire. Yeah, it's not like the <laughs> they, most they painful way to die is how you die. Right. They, they just alive. They just literally shut him off. They just shut you off and then burn you alive. And like, hopefully you can't feel this horrible, painful, slow, torturous death. Back to Las Mudas. We see the major looking over the guns. Clearly he found them. Clearly the grave was uh, the correct answer. There's also Nitro. Uh, he's pleased. We're going to blast our way clear to glory. He says, the man in black watches Major Craddock. He approaches the shaky-handed barkeep and plays a game with him, this Craddock does. He has him walk around with a shot glass on the back of his hand. He instructs him not to spill it. It's tense. He doesn't spill it. 
well done, my friend. Then he just blows the guy's arm off. Yeah, he's a douche, I wrote. Even the man in black is like, huh, this guy's a fucking douche. Mm. If the man in black thinks you're a douche, you're a douche, okay? <laughs> so I'll make that real clear. <laughs> oh, man, that's fucking funny. Now is the part you tried to talk about earlier. When we yeah, the next I scene. apologize. <laughs> I apologize. We learned that the bringing transfer the first of us, you'll decide, right? Ceremony of sorts, release yourself so this but, burden. But we cut to Ghost Nation. Mm-hmm. If you're wondering, when Dean started mumbling like he was <clears throat> fucking Bernard over there. Not <clears throat> not like he was <clears throat> fucking <clears throat> Bernard. <laughs> like, That's like Bernard except Mulder at the same time. fucking like Bernard. Yeah. No, no, no. Every well, way I said that was inappropriate involved you having sex with Bernard. Okay. Emily makes a run for it after smashing a warrior with a big ass torch. Stubbs is grabbed and the Ghost Nation man says in his ear, you live only as long as the last person who remembers you. This guy's the best. Fucking Hansi. He's the fucking best, this guy. Love him. Yep. So much. McLaren is his name. His name is like Zan McLaren, and I'm essentially obsessed with him at this point. <laughs> Fargo baby. Fargo baby. Mm, yep. He's one I've done a lot of research dude. on this guy. <clears throat> He's like only like Native American and like Irish or something. He's, He's half and half. The greatest human being of all time. I love him. <laughs> you can put down some booze, I bet. Um, for real, right? No, I know. Yeah, I know. He was a he recovered from he's actually, a, he's, he's still a recovered alcoholic. I know because I've done a lot of research on him recently. You said that twice. Are you waiting for me to engage you on no. it? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a douche. Anyway, don't talk about my obsessions with random people. God, <clears throat> you live as long as long as the last person remembers you. I will save that quote forever because that's a great quote. He manages not to get his throat cut. And then uh, he looks around, the Ghost Nation are just gone. That was pretty creepy, right? I like it. I like the Ghost Nation. They're fucking creepy. They look good. Yep. They look awesome. They're badasses. Bernard comes too. Elsie gave him a pint of some of the good stuff. And although she doesn't trust Bernard, she figures she does need his help. Whoever did this wants us to access what is on this processor. It's an entirely different operating system than ours. A language I've never seen. Bernard says he has seen the encryption scheme before in Abernathy's head in reference to a database much larger than anything I know of in the park. Bernard also notes he thinks he has been in this lab before. He thinks that Ford sent him here before. The damage is repaired, but my memories, I get lost in them. I can't tell if this is now or then. Elsie has actually heard of this, hasn't she, Jessica? Yes. Your memories aren't addressed. They're just kind of drifting around in there. When you experience one, you have no idea it comes before or after the others. Which is such an interesting idea. Right. And and that's why I love the moment where he's like, Elsie, and he thinks of what she said, and he's like, I'm not here with you, am I? <laughs> Fucking weird. It's so weird and it's so creepy, but it's, it's, there, there's, there are parts of this episode that are like a horror movie. It a reminds horror? Me, shut up. Go ahead. It, and I know, I feel like earlier you talked about Event Horizon, like in like the thing, although it's not exactly the same, but it's that feeling, like being in a lab and like, there's not a lot of people around, what's around the corner. It, it, it was really creepy. Especially the red, when it gets red here at the end. Oh my God, so good. Well, Bernard's accessing, we, so we're flashing here, right? Bernard's accessing the processor. He initiates a build of sorts. We see a thing forming and then Bernard's back. They weren't building hosts, not exactly. The same hardware, but... Tough. Well, if not hosts, what? Right, same hardware. Not really at all. It's a... 
He says, but the code is different. The language, not a code at all, not really. And Elsie asks, well, whatever they're making here is behind this door. We have to see what's inside. Bernard pleads with her not to open the door. I like that. Yes, and this is when he gets to the, I'm not here with you, am I? Right. I'm trying to remember. It wasn't hosts they were making. It was something else. Fucking creepy. She shoots the door and we go back to Las Mudas. Yeah. Lawrence is being tortured by this fucking dick wagon. Dick wagon. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. What's he called again? I still call him the general in my notes. Major dick wagon reporting. Major dick wagon. Craddock. C-R-A-W-D-O-C-K. I'm going to call him Major Dick Wagon. Well, no. that might be a little too mouthy. See what I did there? <laughs> L-O-L. Might be a little too mouthy for an entire podcast, but you, you give it your uh, college try. We'll see what happens. My college try is real epic, let me tell you. He is getting... Yeah, My I've student heard. loans tell me all about I, it every I've day. I've heard about your college tries being <laughs> epic. Jesus Christ, your phone will stop ringing. <laughs> He's getting punched around, though, and uh, they're drinking. Major Craddock sits with the man in black. Are you upset that we are treating... Are you upset that we're treating your friend? He's not my friend, and we're wasting time, says the man in black. He's his friend. And then uh, Craddock gets real cute. Me and death go way back. He taunts Lawrence's family. He dances Lawrence's wife. Death is an old amigo of mine. I died just recently, in fact. But death can't bear to lay claim on me, so it sent me back here to do its bidding, because I, I do it with such goddamn style. It, it, and it's so cinematic, the um, him yeah. dancing with the wife and then giving her the shot and mm-hmm. trying to make her take it out to him in the rain. Yep. While he's getting beat up, she's crying. The man in black looks away. Shot of nitro. Um, and fuck, it's like poison, right? It's dark as fucking shit. In, in this scene where the man in black is watching, but he's having these cuts in these memories to his real life, to his wife's suicide. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this was another point where I was watching this episode. I'm like, oh my God, this fucking episode is fantastic. Really cool. Like, it, I don't feel like it's over the top. I feel like it's so well done. It's it's just, it's just, I think it's, I think it's pretty tasteful. Did you write down what he said? Because I wrote it down. I certainly did. Uh, I knew you would. See, then why, I don't even know why I write shit down word for word because you always do. I'm always pumped because I'm like, I wrote it down word for word and I feel really good about myself. And then you just did it. So it was like a waste. <laughs> it makes me so sad. Yep. Karatek uh, says, um. Before before we get to what he says, Craddock says, "I've served death well, and in turn, I'll be it'll be watching over us when we cross these lands." We get this really strong beat, as you suggested, and then the man in black says the following: "You think death favors you that it brought you back, but death's decisions are final. It's only the living that that are inconstant and waver. In in what does he say? Inconstant, inconstant and waver. Don't know who they are or what they want. Death is always true." You haven't known a true thing in all your life. You think you know death, but you don't. Is that so? You didn't recognize him sitting across the table, uh, sitting across from you this whole time. Fucking boner jams. That's a great monologue. And if I was taking an acting class in like high school, I'd do that one. Mm-hmm. Would I mean, you do it with that short. sort of Ed Harris draw as just no. trying to be a gunslinger? I'm not a good accenter. I only did minimal accents in my acting days. Which one did you do? I've done British and like Let's southern. hear the British one. That's not going to be a do thing the I do do, right now. do the do the southern one. No, I can't do it right now. Y'all, I did a monologue from Grapes of Wrath. But did you do like that, like cheesy Tennessee, like turn of the century thing? I don't remember. It was high school. You just you just draw. That's 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 what everybody does. You just draw out the vowels. I think. Like what? Give me an example. I don't know. You say things like you didn't recognize. 
They draw out the vowels. I remember going to put a southern monologue in front that's of me. Kind of what, that's kind of what, uh, and you put a little bit of this on there. And uh, everybody does this. They sound a little bit like Val Kilmer playing Dark Holiday. You also sound like that guy when he was a vampire in True Blood. Bill, yeah. Not Bill. Oh, and Bill, too, Slick actually. Why, well, pardon my etiquette. I apologize. You do sound like Bill. Oh my I'm going to just do these longer vowels like this and say, well, I'll see you down at the stop later tonight. You reckon? That's kind of <laughs> It's not... I mean, it's not, a, it's, fantastic. it's not a real Southern accent, though. It's totally, like, bullshit. It's a, a person from the South would be like, you sound like a fucking idiot. Yeah, I work with this girl who's, like, from Texas, and she's <laughs> like, I don't have an accent. I'm like, you sure fucking do, but it doesn't sound like how you would make up a Texas accent. Most people do, like, the like like when they do Southern, they, they, they're like, how y'all doing up in here? Okay. And they do it like this. I'm just, a, uh, I'm just honest as trees are tall. <laughs> That's what they do. But I, I prefer more of that, like, cosmo, very cosmopolitan, dark holiday thing. Oh, my God. It just sounds like true blood to me. That's it. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm done doing that. Oh, R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Today is his birthday. Oh, man. What the fuck? Way to bring down this podcast. Bottoms up. Even though it's water. Cheers. Bottoms up wine. for that strapping Texan. Oh, my God. Go listen to every podcast we've ever done about that angel. Hey, one of his favorite lines, while well, always nailing, but in Near Dark, when he says, hey, man, ever tell you the one about Buffalo Bill? <laughs> Puts a fucking beer, like, uh, the beer foam on his chin. I oh, love so him good. when he has, like, the blue hair and um, fucking Terminator. Shout out. Ugh, who's the best? Sorry. Well, the man in black does some murdering. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. He does some murdering. He does some murdering. Goes to murder town. And takes everybody with him. He actually doesn't kill um, nope. General Dick Wagon here. No, no. Dick Wagon's about to meet a uh, fiery and explosive end. But he takes a drink from Lawrence's wife over to Craddock. Open up. Open up. Don't worry, amigo. I'm going to talk like this the whole episode. He says, I'm here now. Watch <laughs> Just no- kidding. I'm here now, watching <laughs> over you. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Just draw my, them out a little. My acting cr- Put a little on there and draw my them out. My my school is rolling over in his grave right now hearing me do that accent like that. Well, he, uh, he lets Craig live long enough only to hand the rifle to Lawrence who, after they make him drink the nitro, shoot him and blow him up because, you know, it's an explosive. <laughs> and know what I like about this? That the man in black insists that Lawrence is not his friend and all of these things he continues, like he doesn't remember, we'll say, um, that he, he didn't remember telling Lawrence about his daughter. Mm. So all of this happens and he has every chance in the world to kill this guy, but he doesn't. Right. After this man tortured Lawrence, he gives Lawrence the gun and lets him do it. I'm sorry if that's not fucking friendship. What is? <laughs> nothing like nothing says friendship like handing a rifle to your friend and letting him murder a man. Letting him murder the man who tortured him. I know. You're not going to get any argument from me on that. Come this on. This is this to me is the most true friendship that we have seen on this show. <laughs> if the man in black's going to demonstrate friendship in any way, it's going to be who he lets you kill. For sure. Right? Like if he didn't like you as a friend, he just fucking kill that bro. Mm. But if he likes you as a friend, He'll let you kill that bro. Back but to no joke intended. Like that to me is is very like telling of how the man in black feels about 
Lawrence. No question. Back to James Delos. He has a visitor, the man in black. But it's very important. Yes. A different person is telling him he has a visitor. It's not the woman we have seen in every other scene. It is now a cute little Asian man. Because that woman is probably long since retired. She's fucking done. Right. She's like, I've had enough of this shit. I cannot watch this guy burn up every seven days. Think about that life. for just a minute. That woman's entire working career. Is watching James Delos. And she's retired and he still hasn't progressed to where they can let him free. Oh, bitch is probably made a shitload of money. I mean, she might be dead. They might have killed her. I don't fucking know. She might kill herself. Well, I guess, but I don't know why it has to be so dark. <laughs> I'm going to get that it's Westworld, but perhaps... We're on HBO. <laughs> perhaps she just got a nice retirement package and is living comfortably with a umbrella in her drink. She thinks like she's in the park and she's like, fuck, why did I go in here? No, I don't think so. I think she got far away from that place. Anyways, it's a different bro mm. on me as a visitor. And this visitor is William. Who the fuck are you? That's not the William we know or the William that James Steele has. Been a long time, Jim. Sorry. <laughs> Good to see you again. <laughs> William, William, my boy. Fuck me. I, I I take it I didn't recover. And this is interesting, too, because he's going back to some of the same lines, mm. but not all of them. Right. Because he has to reconcile his perception of them. Right. <laughs> I, I just look in the chat and I see Andrea Ramos has arrived and said she watched Delos whack it every day. Oh, yeah. So she'd be great for this job. <laughs> <laughs> She would not need that retirement package. She's good. Mm. Anyway. I wonder if it twixes uh, that worker's nethers even a little. You wonder if what? It twixes his, her nethers. Andrea? No, the worker. I was going to say probably. <laughs> it's not really appropriate for me to talk about listeners' nethers, <laughs> I mean... especially especially the fairer sex. <laughs> not saying they won't hit me up on DMs. <laughs> Talking that bill voice one more time. <laughs> Not saying I want you to hit me up on the DMs, bro. Hit me up on the DL. Um, so no. <laughs> I read his DMs are just kidding. <laughs> I really fucking don't. He probably gets like a hundred a day. I encourage people to DM you so we can fucking sell his brand. Like sex DMs? <clears throat> yeah, whatever. You want them to slide care. into your DMs? Slide on Or just in, DM dude. you? Well, can we get back to this? Because okay. um, speaking of things that age well, he offers him a drink. They sit down. Uh, James still wants to get out, of course. No, I don't think so. But I like that. How are you feeling? He says, better than you look mm. to William. That's funny. Mm. I like that he's sassy still. Sassy. Sassy frassy. Uh, James tries to say, I'm uh, as fit as a fiddle. But it fails. And William we, describes this as cognitive plateau. Before that, though, we see the certain repeats in the conversation that we paid attention to. They only give him grape juice there a little early for him, a little late for the other. They got to cheat the devil. How long has it been? Yep. This is our repeat, our repeat, our repeat. And this is the point where Man Black's like longer than we thought. And then he explains a cognitive plateau. Your mind is stable for a few hours and a few days, and then it starts to fall apart every time. At first, we thought it was your mind rejecting your new body, like an organ that's not a perfect match. But it is more like your mind rejects reality, rejects itself. James starts to struggle with words here. This is the 149th time we brought you back. We're getting closer to working out the kinks slowly but surely. You're on day 35, and you are only now starting to degrade. More struggling from James. Another year or two, and they might crack it. Get a version of you that's viable long-term. The thing is, I'm not so sure anymore. I'm beginning to think that this whole enterprise was a mistake. <clears throat> People aren't meant to live forever. I mean, take you, for example. A ruthless philanderer with no... Jesus Christ, my voice. A ruthless philanderer with no ethics in your business or family dealings. A veritable shithead. In truth, 
Everyone prefers the memory of you to the man himself. Oh, man. I was just doing math to try and figure out how many days. So even if this is the 149th time and every day was seven times, it's still over a thousand days. But let's say the first hundred times were seven and the last 49 were 30 just to throw out a number. That's like, I don't know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a long fucking time that they've been doing this shit. Like years and years. <laughs> That's what math, when you hit equals on your cal- calculator, it's at a long fucking time. Yeah, it sure did. Yeah. That's chick math for you. I'm a terrible mathematician, which is why I'm not a veterinarian. Like, okay. in the college thing. <laughs> let's, let's get into the, your fucking, let's get into your life regrets podcasts. <laughs> I'll be coming up in the next half hour. <laughs> I'm such a douche. <laughs> Maybe I'm a dick wagon. Um, <laughs> yeah, you sure are, you fucking <laughs> lieutenant dick wagon over here. Only a lieutenant. I thought, well, can I, someone I, make me world, a meme of the shit? The world is my fucking oyster if I'm just a lieutenant at this point. Wait, what's the highest thing you can be, corporal? You are fucking <laughs> fired from ever talking about the military again. You talk to us never to fucking listen to this podcast. Unless I'm, Aaron I'm, ever finishes I don't give West a fuck if he listens. I'm talking to you. But I'm just saying, he's the one who's going to yell at me. I don't need you sounding all fucking like. You know, can't get right over there. Oh, my God. All right. So, let's have a listen to this part here. Go. And by a listen, I mean You're my gonna words. You're going to do the impression of No, I'm not going to do my, the impression. I'm just going to tell you what else. Wait, I wrote this down word for word, too. Well, he tells me he's ruthless. You want me to stay here forever or something? Enjoy running my company bill, living in my house, fucking my daughter. Hmm. Uh, Juliet is he, dead. He skipped a whole big thing that he said that was important. No, I didn't. I told you. I mean, take you, for example, ruthless flander with no ethics in your business or family dealings. Wait, when did shithead. you say that part? While you were <laughs> fucking off in chat. Everyone prefers the memory <laughs> due to the man himself. You said that part too? Yes. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. I don't think I can do the X-Files podcast. Julia is dead. She killed herself. Uh, the world is better off without you, Jim. Possibly without me. Jim he- struggles to his feet. He's freaking out. He calls for Logan. I liked his reaction. Julia killed herself. Why would she? Why would she do that? What did you? What did you do to her? Mm. And when he gets up and calls for Logan, I was like, this is a fucking good television show. It was sad. It was so sad. And that to me was the realest like dealist has ever been. He's never asked for Logan. He's never thought about Logan. And here he is in the situation where he's like, hey, your fucking wife's dead. Juliet killed herself. And then he gets up and it's not even like he's like, where's Logan? He's just like, Logan, Logan. Oh my God. It's, it is so good. It is such a good scene. It is so sad. It's heart wrenching. You know, what's crazy about this shit. What? You know, I, I guess what we're trying, what we can infer from watching this show is that Jim Delos is not a great man. He's not a, he's not a kind man. Just like William isn't. Which is fascinating because when he died, he probably had these regrets. He probably wished and thought and considered all these things. And now he has to go through this all over again. The the knowing his family's not there, the, the regret of not spending time with Logan or all these things. He's It's like this fucking eternal hell where he just has to consider these things over and over again in his consciousness. It's pretty intense to think about. It, it really is. Um, you know, and, and William explains to him that Logan overdosed years ago, couldn't face reality. Your wife's gone. Juliet's gone. No one's coming to help you. Mm. It took me a long time to learn this, but some men are better off dead, which is funny because this is the rhetoric we keep hearing um, Dolores, a.k.a. Wyatt, spout right. in the show. Some people don't deserve to make it. 
Is yeah. this not the same exact thing she's been saying the entire season? Mm-hmm. Which I find interesting. Sure. Yep. Well. Anyways, William's got to go. I mean, the man block's got to go, a.k.a. William. What do you think of William's ruthlessness here? Even though it's a machine, I mean. I think that this is, a, we are seeing the change in him from like trying to get Delos to a certain position, trying to do whatever. And then he's like, I've moved on. He's just cold to, to, to Jim. And the guy is like, this is crazy. Jim was stable. Um, we got to terminate him. And he's like, nah, just fucking lock him. Let, let him be there. Degradation, we can watch that shit. It'll be useful over the next few days. And I, do, I imagine it's more than a few days, but not too much more than a few days. This so is obviously a tech. very, very recent scene because we're going to find this text body and mm-hmm. he has not aged significantly. Uh-oh, and Delos is alive, mm-hmm. but obviously he's been, you know, fucked up for a while. So back to Bernard and Elsie. They find the simulation room in Jim Delos. This is fucking awesome. The tech is dead. A good sense of timing as to when the man in black was here. We were just kind of saying that that was a side note I had. Jim Delos is pedaling his bike. Which is Like creepy. a horror film. This, what kind of film? It's like a horror film. Nice. His face is all bloody. Looks like he was on the fucking Event Horizon movie. Oh my God. Daniel Felch actually made a great point. He's like, this scene probably happened right before he went to the banquet where everyone died. <laughs> and yeah, Daniel, you're correct. It it's cool to think about probably it that is. Way. James says, I'm all the way down now. I can see all the way to the bottom. You like to see what I see? Comes at all, see? Yep. Bernard managed to toss him down. Uh, they said there were two fathers, one above, one below. They lied. There was only... Ever the devil. Correct. I wrote this down. And when you look up at the bo- look up from the bottom, it's just his reflection laughing back down at you. This reminds me, you know, this title, the name of this episode, The Riddle of the Sphinx. Fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the answer to The Riddle of the Sphinx was? I fucking don't. Human. What's the riddle of the Sphinx? It was something in Oedipus where the Sphinx said, um, like, you have two feet, it has two feet during the day. Oh, yeah. Four, four feet in the morning, two feet mm-hmm. during the day, and then three feet at night or something. Yep, yep, that's right. And that's it was right. signifying age. Yes. And, you know, you crawl, you're on all fours. As a, I think it was all fours. I think it's four, two, three, right? Because on all fours is a baby. Then you're on two feet as an adult. And then the third is the cane. I think so. And the answer was a human. Kind of cool that the fucking Riddle of the Sphinx is the title. The answer to the Riddle of the Sphinx is human. And it's fascinating to think that they're trying to fucking make humans. Mm-hmm. Long, like the longevity piece with the humans, this immortality piece. It, it's There's a lot that's interesting in the scene with Jim too, where he's giving these quotes, saying these really philosophical things. Sure. But after he says this quote about the devil, um, his reflection laughing at you, he then repeats his fucking line. Oh, aiming to cheat the devil. Yep. That's the same line he said every single fucking time. And it's like, oh my God, he's still not fucking there yet. With the cuts all over his fucking face, like he's been cutting his face up. It's, it is so much like a scary movie. Mm. I mean, it is just, it's really good. It's a really good scene. Very cool. Um, Bernard has a gun, but Elsie's like, ah, save the bullets. I'm going to put him out of his misery. And she terminates him because this is obviously a fucking thing they do. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not like, oh, my God, what does this button do? Oh, it burns down the room. She's like, oh, I'll fucking press this button. We'll terminate him. She knows exactly what it is. I love her attitude here. Like, we're all going to die so this asshole can live forever. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. They're going to get us all killed so some asshole can live forever. And that's when Bernard says, I think I know why Ford sent me here to print a control unit for someone else. Another human. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Who? I don't know. But I need to find out. We 
we will go together. I can help you. Elsie, the things I did before, I wasn't in control. But since Ford died, that has all changed. For the first time, I get to decide who I am going to be. Please Just, uh, give great. me that chance. Fuck it, she says. I always trusted code more than people. But you got to promise me one thing. No more lies and you'll never hurt me again. Of He's course. like, sure. But let me remember when I killed a bunch of people first. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that I seems reasonable. You. I think I got all the murdering out of my system. But I murdered all these fools we're looking at right now. <laughs> Uh, Elsie, I don't know if you can hear me saying this right now, but I'm going my... to kill you. <laughs> Elsie, I don't know if you can hear this right now, but you're dead. Why'd you leave the infected? <laughs> hey, Elsie, real quick, run away. <laughs> Definitely run. I killed Charlotte Hale. She's a robot now. But this is a total cover-up here. This this is way too sensitive information to be trusted among these people. This is a this is one of those, you know, kidnap the scientists, help them make a secret weapon, then kill all the scientists kind of thing. Sure. This is very science fiction, this type of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of the the, the uh, drone dudes kill themselves. Oh, my God. That is, shit is fucking cool, man. It looks so cool and so creepy when the guy just, like, snaps his own neck. It's cool. Oh, my God. It's really And uh, Elsie's creepy. like, hey, man, are you all right? He's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm good. Just remembering my murders. <laughs> just thinking back on my murdering days. Um, JPL, you in the do. chat says, Elsie, I don't know if you can hear me right now, but nice pants. You <laughs> 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 literally made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Elsie, I don't know if you can hear me right now, but I really like your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to say it like that, Bernard? I'm sorry, I'm not good at human interaction. Except <laughs> <laughs> fucking bone in Teresa Cullen. That's <laughs> great at that shit. Well, Lawrence tells uh, the man in black his cousins want to help us on our journey west. Let's not get carried away, Lawrence. Most of them won't be coming back. Lawrence's daughter. And and Lawrence's wife thanks him too, which is sweet. Says, they might not remember, but I know who you are, William. One good deed doesn't change that. Who said anything about a good deed? You wanted me to play your game? I'm going to play it to the bone. I love that. Whoa. I love how I love how he's just saying this isn't about me being good. It's about me playing the game you've laid out before me. Right? And that's when she says, and you still don't understand the real game we are playing here. If you are looking forward, you're looking in the wrong direction. Which so, I like. That's cool. Because I feel he like he needs to reconcile his past, I, I think. I feel like we've talked about that. I feel like we talked about when he has a quote of like we could have been different men when he's talking to Lawrence. Um, like, is he trying to right his wrongs? Is there something involving his relationship with Dolores that's going to come back? Obviously, his relationship with his daughter is going to become very important. Indeed. I, and I really think that we got the gist that that was the true story is like it has to do with his past. Like him and Dolores headed to the same place. And um, I like that that she's like, yeah, that's that's it. Indeed. Gotta, gotta go look backwards to look forwards, essentially. And that's the episode. Oh wait, hi oh, dad. <laughs> hi dad. Not not Grace, but Emily. Yep, and this was I was so fucking pumped when this happened in the episode, not because I'm like, "Oh my god, thanks for this reveal" cuz like we talked about this last week. I mean, I was pretty much 100% sure that was the case, but I'm so glad the show didn't introduce her and make us wait for fucking seven episodes while everybody speculated right. about it. And they were like, is she? Isn't she? Is she? Isn't she? And they're yep. like, it is her. And you're like, oh, that's so annoying. I already fucking figured that shit out. I'm so glad that they were just like, hey, last week you introduced this girl. You guys speculated for a week. 
you were all right. Here's your reveal. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. This is like I was going to give a, a Game of Thrones spoiler involving Jon Snow, which I'm not going to, but the people watching Game of Thrones know what I'm talking about. When everybody knows what the surprise is, don't make people wait for 27 episodes. Right. Just get right on it. And now I appreciate the show so much for doing that. And now I care about this even more because I don't feel like they're fucking with us and just trying to make a mystery for no reason. Awesome. Pumped about this. Could have been. Those would have been great final thoughts, but I like it. Sorry, I just got, I was so excited. I just went right into my final thoughts. I'm like, I got shit to say. All right. Uh, the listener comments for uh, this week's episode. I am unprepared. I barely watched the episode on time. Bunch of professionals I'm surrounded by, Danny oh, no, Felch. What am I going to do, you know? Why are right. you just telling Danny Felch that with <laughs> everybody else? I just saw him in the chat as I was scrolling through here, looking to see what people were talking about. He was the last, case says he's going to marry Shannon Woodward. He was the last one that said something. So I hope he doesn't have right a girlfriend him. in real life. All right, I'm going to go with um, <clears throat> my boy Jason Tick. Yeah. He says, no surprise, I enjoyed the shit out of this episode. The slipping of Bernard's mind back and forth was just outstanding. The man in black was great. Ed Harris is destroying all capitals this season. Uh, the stuff with Mr. Delos really displayed Williams wants to be a good dude, right? I mean, he tried with Mr. Delos 149 times, even though it kept failing. He could have easily pulled the plug, um, pulled the plug a good deal before, but he stuck with the arrangement, even though Delos could do nothing to him if he just abandoned it. There was no real stupidity in this episode. Felt like it got back to smart TV, mysteries, and the new ones begin. Um, I got to say, Jason, what a great point about <clears throat> the state of mind it takes for William to continue pushing this experiment for years on end. Uh, I didn't even consider it. Obviously, I didn't talk about it. So I think that that's a really good perception. Nice stuff from Jason this week. Uh, who do you uh, who do you want to run with, Jessica? I don't know yet. Okay, I'm going to go with Megan Garrett. I love this episode. This is what I am here for. Westworld. Maeve is my favorite character, and I love her interactions with Lee and Hector, but I found that I didn't miss her this episode. Or the Delos plot at all. I really enjoyed the focus being on Bernard and William, and I'm positive I scared the crap out of my neighbors when Elsie showed up. I shouted, fuck yeah! Really loudly. But seriously, fuck yeah. Can't wait for the podcast. Awesome. Okay. Should I read another one? Oh, um, no. I'm going to read Brian Blake. Go for it. Who says, I never thought there would be a time when the man black portion of the episode was the least interesting, but with Elsie's reintroduction, Bernard's time hopping, and me trying to wrap my head around whatever the fuck it is they are doing with Daddy Delos, I could have cared less about him and Lawrence this week. In all, this was a great episode that answered many questions, but introduced a hell of a lot more. Too many to even bother listening. Um, and then he edited something else. Um, James Delos, as mentioned above, what exactly are they looking for in these tasks? Is William just standing outside the room every morning waiting to see if his handshakes? Is the twitch a sign of failure or does failure come during the questioning? What does the why does the conversation go the same way every time? Is it suggesting our conscience will fall into the same rut given the right circumstances and series of events? Do you else notice that the center of the records had a maze-like design? Probably doesn't mean anything, but cool nonetheless. That was probably a stretch, but didn't Ford pretty much do this with Bernard? It's not Arnold's conscience per se, but he did use Arnold's life for Bernard's backstory. Or just the sum of our experiences, wouldn't that make Bernard a closer Arnold than host James is to real James? Why do they need to incinerate the room after each failed experiment? How does Jessica feel about them killing all the goldfish? The answer is, I feel sad about it. She doesn't really. No, I like goldfish. They're all right. I've seen well, surgery done on goldfish. No joke. Google that shit. Okay. Um, there's also stuff about Elsie and Bernard, and like it's a really, really long comment and worth um, reading all of it. I will not get into it. Yeah. There's so many questions in that that are just worth like 
thinking about. Final thoughts. I already did mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think this is a standout episode of uh, Westworld. It's a, it's a standout episode of television, and and as Westworld goes, with Westworld standards, in my opinion, I think it's a standout episode across both seasons. I thought this was a great episode of television. It was compelling. It was interesting. The dialogue was great. The stuff with Jim Delos was fantastic. Um, it gave us some insight into William. I spent so much time putting myself in Jim Delos's shoes that until I read Jason Tick's comment, it didn't occur to me to put myself in the man in black shoes or William shoes as it were. And now I'm going to be thinking about that quite a bit as we sign off here. So really cool, thought provoking. I watched this episode a couple times. You could probably watch each of these three and four times and pick up on things every time you watch them. It's mysterious and intriguing, but you're not confused. You can follow along. They're not deliberately trying to be super deceptive. They are keeping things hidden from you, but in the interest of creating tension and excitement when those things are revealed. And I just think that's good writing. So hats off to uh, the Westworld crew this week. I thought it was fantastic. And uh, I'm very happy with uh, the direction the season has been going so far. And with that, I'm going to say good night. Tell them good night. Jessica? Um, good night, guys. Thanks for listening and coming to this live chat about this awesome fucking episode. Yes. Thanks again for the rescheduling your patience on the late release here. And check us out on the web at LibertyStreetGeek.net. That's LibertyStreetGeek.net, where you can listen to a bunch of our shows, science fiction, film, podcasts, uh, chief among them. So make sure you go check us out. Join us on the webs, on the old social medias and all that bullshit. And uh, we can have conversations with you and have a good time. All right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you very much. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye.